Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... The Honeysuckle Cookbook by Zung Lewis. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. Happy Sunday. <laughs> Happy Sunday. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Whoa. I'm, I'm glad we made it through the uh, holiday season. Despite everyone's attempts to <laughs> make that not so. <laughs> it's in the past. Yep. But it was a lovely holiday season, and yeah. we actually ended up staying up past midnight. Yeah. Um, Ringing we, in the New Year. We never, we never do that because we're old, and yep. we go to bed early. Yep. <laughs> Easier so. to do when you're at a party and, and engaging in revelry. Right? Rather than just sitting there playing some Yahtzee or watching a movie. Watching or... YouTube videos. Oh, and by the way, I killed him in Yahtzee, too. That's not true. I won one game. <laughs> and here's a funny thing that happened. And we cut... Okay, so I think I was right about this. So I got a Yahtzee during the game. And then, you know how at the very end, for any of those of you who have played Yahtzee, at the very- Victoria making her case in the court of public opinion. Right? At the very end of the Yahtzee, or at the end of the game, you get one final chance to like roll a Yahtzee. You know, no, no- no bother. Okay. But I clear, didn't I did not get my last chance because you no, were like, you no, already no, no. got a Yahtzee. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let, let me uh, state the facts oh, for the record. Okay. You had already rolled a Yahtzee yes, earlier in the game. Exactly. So your Yahtzee was taken care of. There was no need to roll for a Yahtzee. But why are you so special that you get an extra no, roll? No, there was no special treatment on my part. We we were both had one item to get left on our card, mine being a Yahtzee and yours was like some bullshit lunch <laughs> straight or something. <laughs> the straights are the things that you kind of get without even trying. Same with full house. Mm-hmm. Small straight, large straight. I don't even full try house. for those. Yep. That just kind of happens. But you had already got a Yahtzee. So so your final role was to get, you know, whatever it was that you were missing on your card, whether it was the large straight, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You weren't going for a Yahtzee. No, you are, you suppo- are, you you are supposed to have one final role for a shot at Yahtzee. Which you had already... But I still should have had the final no. <laughs> Okay. You just basically wanted a role for a second Yahtzee. <laughs> and the only reason this is an issue is because I think okay. you actually got the Yahtzee, and, but it yes. didn't count... And it, it didn't matter because you had already won. But there's room for more than one Yahtzee. You're on, a sore on, winner. There's, there's, yeah, there's so room for more than Yahtzee. one Yahtzee in the event that during the course of the game, you rolled more than one Yahtzee. You don't get an extra roll. Reader, <laughs> listeners. See, I'm, I'm all flummoxed now. Listeners, help us out. So Let us know what who's right. But here's the thing. I uh, took that little dice cup and I was like, I'm going to roll for another Yahtzee. Boom. First roll. I got it. That's what I was saying, but it doesn't count. It's like kicking a field goal at the end of the game or something, like after the clock has run out. Right. Whatever. We're, I guess we're just going <laughs> to agree Listeners, to disagree. you know I'm right. Help, help me out here. No. All right. Welcome to Tasty Pages, <laughs> an episode from Cooking the Books. Is anyone still there? <laughs> Probably not. They were like, Yahtzee, nah, I'm good. Girl, bye. Um, 
All right, let's take care of a few housekeeping things. Um, if you go to our website, wecookbooks.com, and click on that store tab, it will take you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. And there's a couple lists on there, one being kitchen essentials for the home cooks. And we're going to actually talk about a few of those things later on. Um, and as well as our cookbook, and we just did our year-end cookbook uh, favorite episode. If you haven't checked that out, please do. Um, that was episode 20. Um, but on either of those sections, if you make a purchase, um, it doesn't cost you a penny more. We get a few pennies in return, and you get something uh, for yourself. So, win-win. Um, let's talk about what we just finished up this week. We just finished Cast Iron Cooking for Two by Joanna Pruis. And next, we are going to be working on Coconut and Sambal by Laura Lee. That's going to be a good one. Indonesian. Yes. Cooking. And that that wasn't one that we've had for a while. And um I've saw it appear on some best of lists for the for the year end. So we're finally getting to it. Yeah. <laughs> right up our wheelhouse too. Some good good flavors. So excited about that. Hey, most importantly, what's for dinner tonight? I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna feel about dinner tonight. Here's the thing. We're doing we are doing a Corn crust, cornmeal crusted salmon with a mango red pepper and black bean salsa, and and uh, cauliflower with pine nuts, currants, and a tahini yogurt sauce. But here's the thing: I don't like salmon, <laughs> but I'm going to give it another shot. Please do. I'm going to give it another shot, and if I don't like it, well, then Johnny is eating a lot of salmon. Me and Olive will we'll, we'll <laughs> oh, eat the salmon. Yeah. Olive would love it. She's kind of weird. She probably can't have that uh, mango red pepper no. salsa. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, my butt's on fire. That's, that's yes. <laughs> I didn't want to paint that picture, but Oh, yes. I'll do it. I'll, yep. I'll paint it all day long. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got some backup items. Yeah. We, we've got eggs in the fridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's me sitting alone you with my You can cook sack. up some macaroni and throw a little <laughs> tablespoon of butter in them. <laughs> Eat some sad. Uh, I'm just going to try to make the, the saddest replacement meal ever. Yep. <laughs> Unseasoned scrambled eggs. There you go. <laughs> All right. So before we dive into this book, we thought we would um, kind of dive into what we were discussing earlier, the kitchen tools and gadgets. Because um, it occurred to us there's a lot of things that we use here in our kitchen on pretty much an everyday basis and um if you're maybe just starting assembling like a you know kitchen gadget collection getting into cooking these might be useful to you or maybe just some things that you hadn't considered and um we can steer you toward them it's all part of our evil plan because if you buy them on that amazon link we get a few pesos from bezos <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, without further ado, what do you got on your list? Okay, for my and this one is you cannot get on Amazon. Um, my first one is it's a Lee Valley peasant knife. Um, I've had it for a long time. It's a bit more expensive now. Um, I believe you have to order it directly off. It's their like website. Lee Valley tools. If you mm-hmm. go online, you'll find them. Um, and it's a high carbon steel knife. It's about 
12 inches long total. Um, oh, I don't think it's that long. No, total. Oh, total yeah, 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 yeah. Is 12 inches long. Gotcha. And then the blade length is six and three quarters. Um, the only drawback of, okay, and since it is carbon steel, it will hold its edge longer. But after you wash it, you have to make sure that you dry it right away um, because it will rust. Um, and also, if you are cutting acidic foods, it will kind of leave a patina on the knife a little Adds bit. Adds character. <laughs> sure, if you want to call I'd it I'd say that. it makes it better. But it's my go-to knife. It's, yeah. it's the one that I reach for every time. And we've had it for a long time. That long was like a long-ago discovery, oh. but we've given them as gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great kind of multi-purpose utility knife yes. in the kitchen. You you gave it to me for Christmas one year. I yeah. think I think it was like when I was fresh out of culinary school. And really school. inexpensive. I mean, w- at the time it was thirty. Maybe now they're forty or I think something. They're about but forty-two, forty-five. As f- yeah, as far as uh, kitchen knives go, it's it is very affordable, and it's a great. I cannot say enough yep. how much I love this knife. Check it out. Thank us later. All right. Uh, first on my list is a meat thermometer. Mm-hmm. I'm still amazed at how many experienced cooks who should know better don't use a meat thermometer and it's always dudes too yeah i don't know it's like a prideful thing or something but it's always like you know oh i just feel the the skin in between my thumb and forefinger and that means it's a medium well blah 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 use a meat thermometer dummy there yeah there's no shame and there i seriously there's nothing more uh, more disappointing like you're roasting a chicken and then you Take it out and you let it rest, you and then think you think it's done, and then you cut into it, and wah wah. Yeah, Ugh. and you know, even if you're uh, vegetarian or vegan, um, this will come in handy because I use it all the time for baking. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get uh, a loaf of bread up to a target temperature, it's great for that. It's also good for. I use it all the time when I'm starting the baking process when I'm working with yeast and you want to, you know, use warm water to activate the yeast and you don't want it too hot. You don't want it too cold. Um, so I try and get it in the like one Oh five to one ten range. Um, I'm sure there's some professional bakers that might correct me, but anyway, <laughs> the, my point being the meat thermometer, yes, not just for meat. And I, and I like the digital meat thermometers yep. rather than the, the little dial ones. There's, there's no the excuse not to ones. have one. They, these yeah. things are like ridiculously cheap. Mm-hmm. So pick one up. Um, all right. What do you got on your list? My next is lodge cast iron. Ooh. Yes. Um, well, and we have a 10 inch, we have a six inch, we have a grill pan, we have a plancha and we have a Dutch oven. And seriously, we could get rid of all of our other pans other than the nonstick one, which we like to use for eggs. Yeah. But we could get rid of all of our other pans and just use those. Yeah. And same thing. Very affordable. Even when purchased new, you can find them used all the time at, you know, rummage sales and thrift stores and stuff like that. You might have to do a little maintenance to get them back into shape. Reseason it. Yeah. Plenty of instructions out there on how to do so. It's not difficult. Well, and the lodge stuff is pre-seasoned now. Yeah. So it's basically just taking good care of it. Don't don't wash it. Don't, you know, like 
Yeah. Don't let it sit around with water in it. I like, feel make sure it's a dry. Like a lot of people are probably intimidated I, by cast iron. Kind I, of like with a pressure cooker. Like mm-hmm. they have these memories of their grandma like yes. blowing stuff up and yep. having like, you know, <laughs> stuff <laughs> on the kitchen ceiling. <laughs> Those days are long gone. That does not happen anymore with with uh, the equipment available today. And same with cast iron. Like people have these uh this misconception that it's like really difficult to care for or use or stuff's going to stick and nothing could be further from the truth. So get some cast iron in your life if you don't have it already. Um, my next item is a mandolin, not the instrument that you play like a little tiny guitar, but like a V slicer. Let's tell everyone what happened a couple oh, days yeah. ago. Cut, <laughs> cut the tip of my finger off. <laughs> and he found it too. Yeah, thankfully. It gross. <laughs> It's not. And, it's not that bad. But. I'm always the one in the kitchen saying, "Use the guard, Victoria," <sighs> because like you're always like, whoosh, 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 like making me really nervous as I watch you not use the guard. And then what do I do? Not use the guard, and I was uh-huh. slicing up some Brussels sprouts. And no, I wasn't the Brussels sprouts. It was red onion. Goddamn red onion. <laughs> and uh, yeah, caught the tip of my finger. Uh, it could have been much worse. Yeah. It just it just bled really bad and hurt for a while. But uh yeah, V slicer. Um I guess I'm really not selling people on the V slicer, am I? Here, buy this mandolin, cut your finger off. Um you'll thank us later. Yeah. We have two. Um one is a little bit larger, kind of a tabletop version. Um, and the other is a little handheld guy that I think OXO makes. And the the larger one, of course, we use for, you know, potatoes and stuff like that. And then the smaller one is really great for, you know, radishes and things like that. Smaller item, Brussels sprouts would be good, but uh, invaluable. We use it all the time. What do you got on your right. list? Uh, my next, my next um, thing is a salad spinner. Ooh, good one. Um, I don't understand. Well, okay, here's the thing. No one wants to eat a soggy salad. No. And here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people, when they buy those green, like if you buy like the the package of greens or whatever, I feel like a lot of people just take it and use it without washing it. They're supposed to be pre-washed. Yeah, but I I just don't trust them. We visited... Knick Knick Farms for a for a farm dinner like several years ago, and I remember when they were giving us a tour of their operations. They actually had washing machines mm-hmm. like in one of the barns, and when they would pick their their lettuce, let I lettuce <laughs> lettuces. How do you say multiple lettuce lettuces? <laughs> I think it's lettuces. Uh, I'll I'll find it. Someone, also, will, someone yeah. will correct me. Yeah, um, they- but they would use like large washing machines that I think they took the like agitator mm-hmm. part out yeah. and they just put it on like the spin cycle. So it was like a big giant salad spinner. That's I pretty thought, freaking I th- smart. I, thought that I, was awesome. I love that. Yeah. So, so. Uh, my point was, I guess they're, they do wash them, but it's probably still a good practice to get into to. Yes. Well, and you know, we, we have a large one and a small one, mm-hmm. you know, I love the small one for herbs. Um, I also have this trick that I like to do. Um, with tomatoes, uh, like if I make something like a panzanella, I will cut the tomatoes in half, put the, like cherry tomatoes, put them in the salad spinner, sprinkle them a little bit with um, with some sugar and salt, and then you let it sit for about 10, 15 minutes. Then you spin it, and you take oh. that juice, 
strain it, and then you just reduce it with a little bit of balsamic. So it kind of wicks all that away, mm-hmm. that liquid. That's smart. And then you get this really lovely, intense uh, juice. Like I will make dressings out of it and stuff. That's really smart. Yes. That's why you get paid the big bucks, Victoria. Mm. <laughs> Don't I wish. <laughs> um, we also use it for... Like if we're doing like a potato gratin or something, we'll we'll spin the potatoes in there or leeks or, you know, other vegetables. If you're trying to just like get all that moisture and liquid off of them before you cook them or do something with them. So yes, it's not exclusively for, for lettuces. Yes, but I would say invaluable for mm-hmm. making a salad because like we said, soggy salads. Bleh. Yeah, right. Um. The next item on my list, magnetic spice tins. Oh, yes. Um, We keep our frequently used spices um, in these tins on the side of our refrigerator, which is kind of next to our counter with the stove and everything. And that way, when you're cooking and you need to throw in a little bit of cumin into something or cinnamon or, you know, it's it's right there. You don't have to go into your pantry. Um, We also have... um cornstarch and sugar in yeah. there too. I mean, sometimes you just need a little pinch of sugar. Yep. And so. I mean, you can buy these things on Amazon in, in packs of like a dozen with labels for a buck a piece, a mm-hmm. couple bucks a piece. They're really affordable and um, it makes great use of the side of your refrigerator, which would otherwise go unused. Um, so that's, that's next on my list. Why don't you hit so, us with what's on your list? Okay, my next one is... Vitamix blender. They're really expensive, but um, they are amazing. If you want to make a smooth soup, and here's the thing that I really like about the Vitamix is that you can take something that is hot. You know how like on cooking shows and stuff, you'll see someone throw hot shit into a blender and it ends up going everywhere. Because well, they started off on high yes, speed. That's the thing, is you can start it off really low, and it's not going to explode. Gradually bump it mm-hmm. up. Yep. And it purees, purees into like a beautiful, smooth, silky... You don't need to run it through a chinois or anything. Um, and you use it every day for uh, smoothies. See, people are intimidated by pressure cookers for that reason. I think it's more likely that you'll have some... like blender ingredients on your ceiling when you put some hot stuff in there so i mean it's happened to me before like with just using a regular blender yeah that's a good one and i and i think you know it's it's expensive there are alternatives but the vitamix is the one to go with if you're going to be using it a lot like we do well yeah Um, we we but it's an investment it lasts forever we've used it basically every single day you know Mm -hmm. so it's price per use it ends up working out it's kind of like a stand mixer Uh so good one um my next item is a spice grinder which um in our case is just a coffee grinder that Uh we've repurposed we keep one for coffee obviously and one for (laughs) spices you don't want to mix those um we have one with i think it might be a cuisinart but there's there's options out there but um ours has a like a stainless steel removable um cup cup there you go um and which makes cleaning it a lot easier. I've, I've you seen can clean it thoroughly. Yeah, I've seen some with glass, which I would prefer. But 
they're they're tougher to find. But as long as you have something like stainless steel or glass See, instead I of don't plastic, under, I don't understand why you would want glass though. I think I'd it's easier so... to clean, and you're not going to get like flavors imparted in there. But I guess with stainless I'd be steel, so it's afraid kind of, of breaking the same. it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm a klutz. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, great for, we grind our own pepper, just buy like whole peppercorns and grind those up. Great for, you know, if you're making like spice blends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's kind of invaluable mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Um, anything else on your list? Uh, my last one is, a, you actually just mentioned it a few minutes ago, a KitchenAid mixer. Nice. Um, I cannot imagine trying to like make a batch of cookies by hand or even just using a little hand mixer. Um, yeah. It just seems so inconvenient and not fun. Um, but we did have to, I, I know that we've talked about this before. We had to repair uh, the, the gear. What is it? Uh, there's a gear in there. There's a few gears in there. Yeah. Uh, that stopped working. I was in the middle of making a brioche dough. Yep. And it burnt out. Yep. And so... No longer would spin. And so Johnny brought it downstairs, ordered a part, watched a YouTube video. You've not lived until you've seen inside the KitchenAid and the the grease monster that resides inside. See, and I'm so bummed out you didn't take pictures. Or I gotta even get a picture like, of it. Or even call me down and be like, hey, look crazy. at this. Yeah. I missed it. Um, yeah, that's a good pick. Um, the only other things I have on my list are a bench scraper. Yes. Yes. Very affordable. You can get them at the dollar store for crying out loud. Um, we use them not only for like cutting pastry and portion, portioning pastry dough out or any kind of dough, I guess. Um, but also for cleanup Mm -hmm. and also just for like prepping. If you're cutting up ingredients, you can just like scoop up, you know, what you just chopped up like onion or whatever vegetables and, and, you it know, drives right me into crazy to see people scrape stuff off the uh, cutting board with the sharp side of the knife. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, bench scraper, we've got several of them that mm-hmm. we just keep, and, and they're they're get used every day when we're prepping stuff. And then uh, last thing is flour sack kitchen towels. Yes. We buy them by the dozen. Um, they're very affordable. We go through tons of them because when they start to get really stained or gross, then you can just like discard them or recycle them or, you know, do something with them. But Well, uh, and we use them for the shop downstairs yeah. too. So, so we're not just willy nilly throwing shit away. Yeah. But, we're uh, repurposing. Yeah. Very, very essential. I'm not a big fan of pot holders myself or like the, the silicon gloves or anything. I think it's just much easier to like grab a, a kitchen towel and, you know, fold it up several times and it's just easier to grab a pan. You know, obviously be careful. You don't want it to be wet. <laughs> Steam your hand. <laughs> yeah. I've done it before. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So there's, there's our picks. Hopefully that helps you out. Maybe it gives you some ideas. We'd be curious to know what yours are. So if you've got any suggestions, hit us up on, on the social medias or via the website. Um, we have one suggestion from uh, Maxwell Gregory 2018. Um, I put this out on Instagram. Uh, they say, I use my KitchenAid mixer and my food processor several times a week. So there you go. Vote for uh, that. Uh, chopsticks meets fork uh, said good knives, uh, mm-hmm. a wok mm-hmm. and a stand mixer. So another vote for the stand mixer. It's getting a lot of love. Um Keep the suggestions coming. 
All right. Should we uh, talk about this book? Let's get to it. Honeysuckle Cookbook from uh, Zung Lewis. Um, how would you describe this? Um, it's lots of Vietnamese flavors. Um, there's some little twists. Uh, it's kind of, kind of like working working mom friendly. There's a lot of stuff that's very easy to make. Mm-hmm. And there there are some recipes that will take a little bit more time, you know, save them for the weekend, whatever. Um, it's just really like bright, clean food. Yep. Healthy-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, most of the recipes in the book are, are minimal ingredients, but I appreciated that everything was kind of made from scratch. So there, wasn't, mm-hmm. there weren't any like canned or prepackaged items. Um, Probably we're probably not the target demographic for this book, if we're being honest. But we really enjoyed it. Yes, and everything that we made was was solid and tasted great. Um, so that just kind of speaks to its probably broad appeal that it has, which is which is really great. And um, we made from the book, we made an overnight Thai milk tea. That was good. We made an orange pistachio French toast. Which I don't really ever eat breakfast. I've been I've been talking about breakfast a lot lately, though. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm obsessed with wanting to go out to breakfast just because we haven't gone to a restaurant since March. Yep. And so, if I'm gonna eat a breakfast, I want it to be cooked by someone else. Yes, and I want <laughs> it to be a big affair. Like so, the the French toast kind of fit the bill. Um, and then we also made a Vietnamese chicken salad. Yep. Um, a fall harvest salad, which was lovely. It had some uh, breadcrumb coast, breadcrumb coated uh, goat cheese balls, and we learned a technique for cutting up the goat cheese. Yes, dental floss. Dental floss. Who knew? <laughs> I knew. Oh, you didn't share that with me. <laughs> I'm withholding information. Yep. That was probably the more involved mm-hmm. dish that we made from the book, and that's just mostly just prep time because there was a lot of components in it. Blanching beans and whatnot. It had more accessories than Lizzo. Oh, ha ha. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> and there was a... That's a bonus joke for you. Okay. Well, that's not even the joke for the episode. Oh, goodness. Yep. All right. And then there was a spicy Korean chicken stew. Uh, Vietnamese grilled pork noodle salad and kimchi pancakes. Yeah, we made a lot of dishes yes. from this, um, which is always a sign of a good book. And I, I honestly could go through that book and choose like completely different dishes. Oh, I agree. Because uh, I was looking through it again today and I was like, oh, why didn't we make that? Yeah. Why didn't we make that? Yeah. So. so I think there's, what, 100 recipes in there? Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, let's get to the ranking portion. All right. So we rank these on a scale of one to five, beginning with the food photography and styling category. You go first. Um, I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of pictures in the book. So if you're the type that wants to see a accompanying photo for each recipe, you may be a little disappointed. But the photos that are in there are really gorgeous. I like the aesthetic. Um, I do too. It's like light pastels. It's, it's a very delicate aesthetic, I yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. Um I as well gave it a four. Now, initially, I had thought that because I know that this cookbook is kind of born from her very popular like YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and and prior to that, you know, like the other blog and social media options. But um, and so I, I thought that possibly the photos were just taken from 
these social media posts because they kind of have that look to them. Mm-hmm. But then I was reading in the acknowledgement section, and it sounds like they actually did. You know, they enlisted a photographer, had a, a studio, and took all these photos. So I don't want to presume that they're just like recycled photos, but they're gorgeous nonetheless. I agree. So um, no complaints there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some some cute like family photos with with her and her husband and their uh, their children. Yes. And, yeah, dog stuff. So yeah, very nice. All right, design and layout. Um, oh, would, would you give it for uh, food photography? Oh, I said I gave it a four as well. Oh, okay, great. Sorry. Are you listening to no, me? No, I, I never listen to you. You're not listening to a word I say. <laughs> Typical. All right, sorry about that. Uh, design and layout. Uh, I gave it a four. Okay. Um, there's nothing like super remarkable uh, remarkable about the design and layout. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, it's broken into eight different sections. Um like breakfast, like morning drinks, breakfast. Um, and there's also a tools section. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Kind of, kind of similar to like what we had just talked about, like pantry staples mm-hmm. and, you know, essential kitchen gadgets and stuff. Um, I gave it a three. Okay. I, I like this book. My main critique is the font size is too small. And this was not an issue when I was 20 years old, but as I'm approaching 50, it's an issue and and it's the font size is tiny in this book. It needs to be a, a few points higher. I, I agree with you. I have to put on my glasses to look at anything in this book. So it's just it's just like a minor design choice. Every time thing. we use the book, it's a reminder that you're old. It is and I don't <laughs> you're like going that. Blind. Yes. Um the recipe format is uh, easy to follow, so no complaints there. The, interestingly, the the book is co-written by uh, Jess Thompson. Uh-huh. There's not really any mention of her anywhere in the book, other than in the acknowledgement section. And there's some like very tiny print in the in the uh, end credits. Uh, okay. And and she's very generous with her praise yeah. and, and, and acknowledgement in, in that section. But I just, I found it a little unusual that the co-author wasn't like more prominently credited or featured. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just, who knows? I, I'm sure even, um, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with like a, a personality or celebrity chef or whatever you want to call it, like, Oftentimes, they probably do have someone behind the scenes assisting them with yeah. the writing of the book, um, and also helping with like recipe. Yeah, and so testing. not really a complaint necessarily. It's yeah. just more uh, observation, and I just I just thought it was uh, worth mentioning that they, there was a co-writer involved, and then um, there was like a part in there was a page in the back of the book. Uh, it was titled like you said it. And it was like these various quotes from people I assume are either like friends or like maybe followers on social media or something. Well, yeah, I feel like it's probably like uh, YouTube comments or maybe. something like that, or like comments from Instagram or whatever. It, and it was, you know, I guess it was, it was generous and nice of her to give a shout out. I didn't find it to be really necessary personally, but um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a design decision and layout decision. Um, but I I did like the uh, there was a a section in the back uh, that was kind of like menu ideas or suggestions mm, mm-hmm. and there was titles like you know breakfast in bed 
Uh, my, my voice just cracked. <laughs> going through it's puberty. It's time for a change. Yeah, right? Okay, Bobby. <laughs> <sighs> Got a lot going on. Um, sorry about that. Um, Can I help you, sir? <laughs> It's my teenage years flashing back before me. Um, yeah, so there was these menu idea suggestions like breakfast in bed, movie night on the couch, Korean barbecue at home. And I thought that was really clever. Uh-huh. Like, you know, if you wanted to create maybe like a theme dinner yes. or something. Um, so, yeah. So, I gave it a three just for those reasons. Like, nothing really offended me. Um, offended me. <laughs> no. Just just the type size. A little too small. Bump it up next time. <laughs> For us old people. Think of, think of the elderly. Yep. Uh, degree of difficulty. I gave it a two. Okay. I didn't, I, there was nothing in here that, there were like no like really new techniques that I learned. Everything, you know, like yeah. I wouldn't, I would feel perfectly fine giving this to someone who didn't cook a lot. Yeah. So. And I gave it a two as well. The only thing uh, that prevented me from giving it a one, um, which would be the easiest, is um, depending on your location and maybe your pantry setup, there might be some uh, primarily like Asian ingredients that might be unavailable to you or a little difficult to source. Um, But as far as techniques, there was nothing in the book that was difficult at all. Yeah. Um, It was just more like ingredient choices. So, yeah. Um, I appreciated everything was made from scratch. You know, there was no shortcuts taken with using canned things or box things, unless it's like a can of chickpeas or yeah. something like that. But, but, uh, what are you going to do? Make your own chickpeas? Mm. Well, I mean, you can soak them and yeah. then cook them overnight. I mean, that's yeah. an extra, that's an cook them overnight. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a long cook. Yeah. Soak them overnight and then cook them. Um, but, yeah. but that Not really that what this adds, book is about Yeah. Either. That adds an, a whole extra step. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Like, I wonder if you go to a place like the jeweled. Yeah, they, they, of course they have raw chickpeas. What am I thinking? Yeah. I just had a dumb thought. Sorry. <laughs> thinking out loud. Um, let's and you, talk- you gave it a two as well? Yes. Awesome. All right. Taste. Uh, I give it a five. I did too. Uh, I don't really have any commentary on this. I mean, no complaints, no surprises. Everything that we made was successful. And I like. When when a recipe is saying that some or like uh, recipe is saying that something is going to be spicy, like the spicy Korean chicken stew, it was spicy. Yeah, like I hate it. Just it really bothers me to have to bump up the heat or whatever when you know. Uh, Agree, and this is coming from a couple of white people. Yeah, so right? like <laughs> if if it says it's supposed to be spicy and then we don't think it's spicy, you know that's. That's a problem. So we didn't encounter that with this book. Nope. So that was good. All right. Good so, book. Yep. So uh, if you like this episode, please rate and review it. You can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com as well as our Instagram at we underscore cook underscore books and Facebook at we cook books. Um, production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. Right. Good talk, Victoria. Yes. All right. I feel good about it. All right. Well, I'm going to leave you with a joke. Make me laugh. All right. Um, did you hear about the vegan who worshiped the devil? I'm sure everyone heard about it. Um, she sold her soul to Satan. <laughs> See, I thought this was going to be one of those. If you're, if you're vegan, they'll tell you. No. Well, I, uh, yeah, I could have <laughs> went there, but no, no, just a Satan joke. 
I like that. Yeah. That's good. Thanks. All right. All right, everyone. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time around. Stay safe. Wear a mask.